0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 5 of We've Never Seen It. And to those of you who didn't think we'd make it this far, kindly suck it. I'm looking at you over there, Glenn. For this episode, we're going to be watching the Star Wars Christmas special.
1: Louie, it is the Star Wars holiday special. Oh, really? No, yeah, it, it actually is. I'm, not, I'm okay. not just being a douche here. It is the Star Wars holiday special.
0: You keep raging that war on Christmas, man.
1: I know, I'm winning.
0: Well, anyways, the Star Wars... Christmas special we'll be watching this episode
1: watching this episode we will the Star Wars Christmas special is pretty infamous in every circle in entertainment whether you're into Star Wars or you're into 70s television or you're into cocaine all of it is wrapped up And if you're a red-blooded American, you know what this is, and you probably haven't watched it. I guess that's why we are watching it. We love all those things.
0: Exactly. And quite frankly, I'm really intrigued because I've heard so many things about it, and they've all been just really, really bad reviews. No one has really described it to me. They've just said, don't watch it. Right. Don't watch it. It's bad. Look, I sat through the prequels. So I've seen horrible dialogue. I have seen bad acting. So I'm prepped for this. My expectations are really low, but I'm excited to check it off my list.
1: Just because we love... The universe that it exists in, is it really going to be watchable? I think that there are some things that make me a little nervous about watching this. It's really hard to find. Growing up, you heard rumors of VHS tapes of the Star Wars Christmas special and that people would buy them to destroy them. And the only other stuff that gets that treatment is Nazi propaganda.
0: Are you comparing George Lucas to a
1: Nazi? Well, that's the thing. George Lucas had nothing to do with this except created by. But this was sort of the template for George Lucas seeding creative control. This was the first time he did it, and it didn't go well.
0: But he did troll everyone, too, because he was involved at the very beginning. And they said, hey, George, Star Wars has been successful. You're making another one. We want to make a Christmas special. What's it going to be about? And he said, you know what? I love Wookiees. People love Chewbacca. Let's bring his wife kid and cranky dad into the picture let's only have it be garbled wookie sounds for the majority of the time with no subtitles and then he vanished like a ghost so yeah. that's the direction he gave them again makes me pretty excited to see yeah it. but i think that he he definitely had a hand in it and he definitely to your point hired his own slew of bounty hunters to uh, scour flea markets and destroy copies of
1: this if you are the one who invents skynet and then you don't help to stop it are you responsible for the end of humanity yes and he instead sort of stepped back and focused on making empire strikes back good for him good for us but can't stress enough that this might be too much i've never seen such negative commentary. Harrison Ford says he never saw it. Mark Hamill said that it's hard to watch. I think he tweeted about it.
0: He tweeted that it was equivalent to the 2020 presidential debate. And along those same lines, Carrie Fisher went on record saying that she almost blackmailed Lucas into giving her a copy so that she had something to put on at the end of a party when she wanted everyone to leave.
1: We're moving in the direction of that analogy where sex is like pizza even if it's really bad it's still pizza so is star wars on that level
0: yeah oh it was a hypothetical
1: question it was a rhetorical question still yes we've got this queued up right i mentioned it was hard to find it's not on streaming services this is just on youtube and it's a rip of a vhs and i say we dive right in and we'll see on the other side
0: and for those of you who are going to watch as well we are watching the version without commercials but if you want that full 70s effect watch with the commercials
1: Yeah. And by the way, we are going to have commercials for you. So stay tuned for some special holiday commercials.
0: If you're looking for a personalized holiday gift, look no further than Burned by Lily. This local artisan creates beautiful wood signs, serving trays, coasters, really anything made of wood. Whether you'd like to have your name, a design, an image, really whatever, Lily will create something that exceeds even the highest of expectations. As a holiday special, you can actually get burned by Lily this year. Just write down the part of your body that you're most insecure about in the special notes, and she'll burn a personalized insult onto a sign for you. As a note, there is also an app where when you push a button, it plays audio of Ashton Kutcher as Michael Kelso yelling, BURN! But in all seriousness, check her out on Instagram. Send your friends and family a gift that they will absolutely love. Burned by Lily.
1: Sasha at 7 Sadie Lane has been making handcrafted bags and other fabric goods since 2012, including pouches and reusable snack bags that celebrate color and outlast the elements. In March of this year, she added cotton face masks to her collection, with a range of different fits, straps, and prints that turn wearing a mask from the right thing to do into the fun thing to do. Check out at 7 Sadie Lane on Instagram or visit her website, 7SadieLane.com, dot com to find the mask that speaks to you. Also, please wear a mask.
0: We shouldn't have to tell you this. Another local vendor who we'd like to shout out is Craft Cove Gifts. The proprietor, Turin, creates beautiful jewelry dishes and ornaments out of oyster shells, sand dollars, and other items that make you dream of a lovely day on Cape Cod. Unlike Magic Mike, who just slapped a piece of glass on metal he pulled out of the ocean, everything from Craft Cove gifts is beautifully handcrafted, can be personalized, and quite frankly makes an amazing gift. One disclaimer, even though I've asked about a hundred times, Tarim will not use any living sea creatures and has insisted that I stop mailing her hermit crabs. Anyways, visit her Etsy shop, again, Craft Cove Gifts, and check her out on Instagram, Etsy, and Twitter.
1: Before we jump into this movie, we're going to dive into our listener mailbag for the first time. We've had several messages left on anchor.fm slash we've never seen it, and we're going to play a few and just respond to them. Really excited to see what people have uh, shared with us. First up is from Gabe in Norwalk.
0: Hey guys, uh, Gabe here, longtime listener, first time caller. Uh, if you could associate yourself with any character from any of the four movies you've watched so far
1: uh who would it be and why hey gabe thanks for the question i think i identify most with magic mike mainly because people only see me for my good looks but i am an artist at heart Great question,
0: Gabe. I would have to say that the character I most identify with would be Mutt Williams, looking back to Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I don't just say Mutt because I have great hair and can totally pull off a leather jacket. I really think that Mutt was brimming with potential, but the world around him just didn't foster that brilliance and that creativity. It was all just bad writing, so he didn't have his moment to shine. And I really think that that's me.
1: Louis, you have been dealt like a pretty unfair hand.
0: So we have another voicemail here, and I'm really, really excited for this one, quite frankly. It's Mercantile Mildred. I shouldn't have to tell. Yeah, right? Are you serious? I didn't know she was still alive. Dude. I didn't think anyone of her caliber would be listening this early on. We're honored to have her. I'm very interested to hear what she has to say. So let's listen.
2: Artie and you know? you two sound like nice Jewish boys, and you look like it too. Granted, I've only ever seen your silhouettes, but trust me, oh boys, that's enough. You know what other silhouettes I'd love to see if you catch my drift. <laughs> well, listen now, I live in Brooklyn above a bodega, and I keep three humidifiers in my apartment, if you know what I'm saying i'll see you boys there at 3 p.m this sunday and we'll make our legs like a nice sugared loaf of challah bread i'm referring of course to anal sex i once had boys like you and i fed them pasta in a trough they ate so much
1: (sighs) okay that was actually extremely inappropriate as much as we're dealing with a titan of of industry and i'm i'm honored for sure i i don't think we should play the rest of this She is
0: a legend of the silver screen. I'm interested in what she has to say. I really think we should keep going with this. Glenn, can you play another segment here?
2: Let me tell you something about movies, you nice-looking boys, because I used to work on the sets, and oh boy, did they put me to work, those vaudeville men. I'm a 100 years old, and the doctors say they've never seen anything like me before. Sure, my ass might feel like the inside of a worn catcher's mitt, but I'm able to walk and talk. They think it's the drug resistant chlamydia keeping me going, which I've had since my father was shopping for Model T's. I once met a doctor who said he wants to study me for science, but I said, doctor, doctor, you better bring a hazmat suit with you. (laughs) If he hadn't poisoned himself, I would have let him ravage me anyway before your grandpa's nipples could get hard i was boot stomping lady working as an onset masseuse buster keaton charlie chaplin max Sennett, and his keystone cops were my
0: i think we've heard enough here
1: <sighs> i am so sorry yeah i need some ear bleach after that okay next up louie it looks like we have a message from your wife kirsten
0: yeah i know she's a she's a big fan of the show
2: hey louie and artie this is kirsten you guys are so funny, and every episode has been pretty much enjoyable. I cannot wait for the next one.
0: Say say that you like my, my sense of humor.
2: I really enjoy my husband's sense of humor.
0: Yeah, and say say that I'm good looking.
2: He's And he's pretty good looking. Say, say that I'm better
0: looking than Chris Pratt, and I'm funnier than Chris Pratt.
2: He is better looking. Okay. Say that. Chris Pratt. He is Chris Pratt? No, no, better looking. Oh, he's, he's better looking than Chris Pratt.
1: Um, Louie, I'm so glad she called in. It it sounds a bit like she's under duress while she's recording this.
2: No, she was dressed.
1: Uh, Okay, well, for what it's worth, you are definitely funnier than Chris Pratt. I don't think you need Kirsten or me to tell you that, right? Like, you know you're funny, right? Oh, I know. Yeah. Okay.
0: Last but not least, Artie, it looks like your fiance, Colleen has left us a voicemail
1: as well. Uh oh. Are you not excited for this? No, I'm super. I'm so excited. Of course, I'm excited. Let's let's do it.
2: Louis, Arthur, hello. This is Colleen. I'm a first time caller and a sometimes listener. I'd like to tell you how proud I am of you two for finding a creative outlet during these trying times. But I'd like to lodge a complaint to your manager. Is it a Glenn that I should talk to? Anyway, I come up with so many jokes that you shoot down. Oh, we don't need it. And then you use them in your little act. I'd like credit. Keep that door open while you're discussing the movie and your podcast will improve. Promise. Artie,
0: does Colleen write your jokes for you?
1: No, no. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the joke writer for sure. Yeah.
0: Wait a minute. So when you left to get a beer and you took a while and then you came back and you had that Shia flinging his own poop joke...
1: Mm -hmm. was that colleen you know i i occasionally like run things by colleen or maybe she'll have like a suggestion that percolates in my head uh maybe she'll come to me with just like a whole thing and then i just like tweak it a bit and then but like she doesn't come up with the jokes
0: i thought this was a creative safe space i thought that we were doing this together and now you're dropping this shit on me is she yokoing us? Am I Ringo? Dude, no, Am I being yoko okay, okay,
1: so if you're Ringo, then then no, you're not getting yoko I think you're safe. But I think clearly we're done with the mailbag for this episode. We have some more that we're gonna have to get to next time. Please keep sending in your messages, anchor.fm slash we've never seen it. You can just say whatever you'd like into your phone and we'll play it live for tens of people. Let's just watch this goddamn Star Wars movie.
0: My name is Louie. And from a young age, I've always been able to easily pick up on the subtleties within films that others, quite frankly, haven't been able to see. I guess you could say I've always been critical. I honed my abilities at the most prestigious liberal arts school in Southeast Massachusetts, Wheaton College, of course. I've written many a screenplay, and my entry into the 5-Minute Play Festival was met with uproarious applause, so yeah, I think I know what I'm talking about when it comes to movies.
1: My name is Artie, and I've always loved movies. I grew up in Wilton, Connecticut, the Hollywood of New England, and home to the likes of Paul Dano and Christopher Walken, if you've ever heard of them before. I've made countless attempts to break into every aspect of the film industry, writing, directing, editing, acting, and I have a bachelor's degree in creative writing from a very expensive liberal arts college. So I figured who wouldn't be interested in hearing my opinions about movies? We both love movies, and so do you, and you're, you're listening, listening to "We've Never, Never Seen It." Alrighty, so that was something. I can't go first, Louis. You have to, you have to go first.
0: Yeah, my expectations were low, but fuck, what did we just watch?
1: I want to apologize to you, but it was both of our ideas. But I'm still sorry.
0: I feel ashamed of myself and I feel guilty and I feel depressed. It feels like someone took the worst variety show ever, put it into the Star Wars universe and hope that people would think that it was okay.
1: Yeah, that was like when they say, oh, this has something for everyone. And what ends up happening is this has nothing for anyone. I don't know if you experienced this, but as I get older, I find myself doing something or in the middle of something and I go, oh my god i'm never gonna get this time back the clock is ticking and i'm in the middle of this and i'm just gonna have to wait it out and i'm i'm gonna be that much closer to the end after this and i guess this movie made me think about death several times
0: i can definitely relate to that it just seemed like they were trying to do too much and in the end did absolutely nothing it was a little surprising to me because and this was put out by cbs they hired a bunch of writers to put something together top men top men and the executive signed off on it they thought it was a slam dunk cbs usually puts out such great content that's true yeah they have swat csi ncis ncis new orleans ncis la and young sheldon
1: dude you're like describing my dvd shelf i have every season of those shows
0: It is a heavy hitter lineup. So how did this happen?
1: That's a really good question. Who was responsible for this? George Lucas wasn't, but he was. I'm just going to come out and say it. That was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life.
0: Yeah, I agree. That was really, really bad. But I guess the one saving grace is they only aired it
1: once. I find that interesting and important because they dropped an atomic bomb on Hiroshima and the human cost was incalculable. And then within a week, they're like, let's do it again. And it really puts into perspective how much of a crime this was.
0: They're arguably both war crimes.
1: I feel like there should be a memorial in Hollywood of the writers who cashed out and just got obliterated for a weekend and put this crap out there and then never worked again.
0: I bet the execs from Emron had an easier time getting jobs than these writers.
1: In both cases, nobody went to prison.
0: In this case, they should have, though.
1: Yeah. Not like space prison, like real prison. State pen, baby. No, like white collar summer camp with tennis. I'm talking like softball with Jose Canseco prison.
0: Hard time. You know what you did.
1: You know how they treat pedophiles in prison. Not well. I don't know if these guys are getting treated any better.
0: Depends on how many Star Wars fans there are in prison.
1: Yeah, maybe that's where all the VHS copies ended up.
0: So- I know that this whole thing was a cluster. Are we able to pinpoint the worst part?
1: There was a general sort of floor of shittiness that we never fell below. So it always came back to weird Wookiee baby screaming that was horrifying, but definitely the moment where you and I both knew that it wasn't just like bad television. It was like actually upsetting and offensive was when the salesman gives the grandpa Wookiee a vr porn headset
0: yes that was far and away the most cringeworthy thing what was that this crusty old grandpa wookiee is sitting in his lounger in the middle of the room his family's all around him and this salesman comes over and he's like touching him on the shoulder and he says hey i knew what you wanted hands him this vr headset
1: men are all the same you be a wookiee or a a Jawa. When it went there, I could not believe it. I literally was shocked.
0: old grandpa wookie is just in the middle of the room jacking it grunting grunting and like snarling and making these weird faces while this 3d woman is saying hey we're gonna have some special time i'm inside your mind it was so creepy like that go on youtube and watch this if you haven't seen this don't see it but go onto youtube
1: It's like halfway in there, two
0: thirds. It's like a two, three minute scene. Watch that and tell me that he is not masturbating.
1: I should say that we watched almost all of this at 1.25 speed. You get used to it. We knew that it was a bad scene when we went to 1.5. And in some cases, we got all the way up to two. One of the parts where we got up to double speed just to get through it was the B. Arthur extended cantina scene where she's getting hit on and there's a song and it's unclear if she enjoys her life or if she hates her life. And I can't get into much more detail because we were watching it at double speed. All I know is that if I slowed down, I don't think I would have made it all the way through.
0: And if YouTube allowed us to go at five times speed, we would have done that. Along those lines, they were bringing in all of these 70s celebrities. They were trying to have these cameos and make everyone excited. Oh, look who's here. Every single thing that Art Carney was in was terrible. Yeah. He was so annoying. Every time he was on the camera, I wanted to strangle him. I don't know if that's what his shtick was back in the day, just being annoying and terrible. But that's what he was in this movie.
1: I feel like the scene where he is just trolling the stormtroopers and buying time by like distracting them with electronics and like schmoozing and being impossible. It reminded me of the first scene of *Inglorious Bastards where Hans Landa comes in and like there are Jews in the basement and he knows it. The French farmer is just stalling and it had that level of tension. But unlike in *Inglorious Bastards, I wanted the Imperials to get everybody and just wipe them out. I really did. Art Carney first. I wanted them to make an example out of him.
0: And second.
1: And yeah. The only Wookie that was okay was Chewbacca's wife.
0: She was neurotic. Chewbacca was like five minutes late getting home, and she calls literally. He every wasn't one five of his minutes friends. late.
1: We watched the movie at a dramatically accelerated pace. So please factor that into your time calculation.
0: Okay, so what's five times one point two five? He was a couple minutes late. Yeah. And she's calling every single one of his friends. In the dating world, that's a no-no. If you have a chick who is checking up on you with every single one of your friends that she knows because you're five
1: minutes late, that's not a keeper. She interrupted each of them while they were doing cocaine, almost certainly. Mark Hamill was definitely like getting ready to go to a Rocky Horror Picture Show thing because he had a ton of makeup on, which I was not expecting. Carrie Fisher looked like someone interrupted her like extended meditation, which was keeping her alive. It was brutal, and I couldn't wait for it to be over. I think this was the first time you and I watched something where we were kind of waiting for each other to say, we can just skip this,
0: Oh, yeah. I think we kept looking over at each other and just kind of giving the nod like, yeah, bump it up to two times. The other part that I thought started off cool, there was a cartoon in there because this movie is right after A New Hope. It's the first time we ever see Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. which is kind of cool because he's a cartoon looks interesting but then he keeps calling everyone friend and it becomes immediately evident that he's super shysty. you know they find out that he's actually not trying to help them and then he just flies away and
1: little consequence for sure
0: it almost takes away from how cool boba fett is honestly i kind of like that he doesn't say anything and that he is just a stoic badass and in this cartoon it takes away a lot of that credibility because he's like hi friend i'll help you ha <laughs> ha not
1: really this is the one point though that you and i actually disagree because i think boba fett was still stoic in this and it was not great but i don't know it was like a heroin dream for a moment i was free all my pain melted away and it was a dumb cartoon for a minute and it was really bad For sure. But it felt like a weird Rick and Morty episode, kind of. And let me put it this way. Clearly, whoever made that tried. And it was watchable and it was short. It knew when to end. And it was the least worst thing in it by a significant margin, if that makes sense.
0: I would agree with that. It was the least worst thing in the entire movie. It wasn't good. No. That being said, if this movie never existed and they just released this mini cartoon, we wouldn't be as pissed because it wouldn't have taken two hours of our lives. Right but I think we'd be a little bit pissed because it still wasn't good.
1: I'm glad they didn't make more of that, whatever that was.
0: Other than the fact that YouTube really saved us with the 1.25 all the way up to two times speed, do we have any good takeaways?
1: You know, when you're on an airplane and the turbulence is a bit too much and everyone looks around and they're like, I don't know if we're going to make it. And you hear over the, the loudspeaker, like flight attendants, please brace yourselves. And you're like, wait, brace yourselves. And it ends up being fine. You know, maybe one out of 20 flights, something actually is a little scary. And then you get home and you you see your family and you're like, I love you guys. And just that's that's my takeaway from this is is we made it through. You know, we know what good Star Wars is and we know what bad Star Wars is. And the world is a little clearer to navigate as a result.
0: I love you too, man. I'll tell you this much. I mean, my biggest takeaway was I'm more excited now for my Christmas Star Wars rewatch. I do one every year. Episode one and two are usually the toughest to get through. The Phantom Menace Little Kid Anakin just sucks the whole time. Yeah. And they kill off the coolest villain Star Wars has ever had.
1: But they don't. I
0: know, but in that they do. And then, you know, Attack of the Clones is just a cluster of misery that is briefly saved by Jango Fett, but not really. Those have always been tougher for me to get through. But this year, I feel like those are just going to be gold. Yeah. Compared to this... Those are just
1: brilliant. Are you going to do one through nine? Are you going to include Solo and Rogue One? So
0: I do episodes one through nine, plus all of the Star Wars stories, and I do them in chronological order, chronological of events, not chronological when they came out. I have tried the machete watch through. I have tried a couple of different iterations. End of the day, I just like to go timeline approach
1: that's cool i mean it puts the prequels into perspective you know if one of the prequels is on like tbs or something i mean i don't have cable i don't even know why i'm saying this because this nobody just has doesn't cable. this just doesn't happen to me anymore but historically if i've been around a television where star wars was playing on tbs and there's a commercial every two minutes or whatever if it's the phantom menace or attack of the clones i'll wait until there's like a lightsaber scene that i want to see that's like two minutes and then i will stop if this were ever on again it's like the cars for kids jingle where i press and i stop
0: I will turn the TV off.
1: Yeah, it's on that level. I can never consume this again.
0: This has been painful for both of us. It's the holiday season. I think that we can create a better holiday special. I have a quick idea, if only a title, How the Empire Stole Christmas. Okay. I think that the Empire could have imposed, you know, a big trade embargo, but the Rebel Alliance is trying to get gifts to all of the kids of all of these different planets. And so they enlist Han and Chewie, who need to smuggle all of these presents through these Imperial blockades. And you can make it cool. You can make it true to form. You don't need to take the characters out of their elements. I think that that would be great.
1: You said Han and Chewie. Let's just stop there. Those two characters, we never really get to see them, except in Solo, have any extended interaction consistently. It's always like a few lines here or there. It's like Calvin and Hobbes, kind of, but like really limited and like, no one really wants a holiday special. So why not give people what they really want, which is like a deep dive into those characters being awesome together. And then everything else you can fill in. Don't do the Zoom calls to Princess Leia. don't do that pick two characters like the ones you picked and just go with it there should be a sort of saint nick type figure and you know that if it's a holiday special they're going to have to like figure out a way to reference hanukkah and george lucas historically has not broached cultural diversity well I'm looking at you, Jar Jar, and the Gungans were the Jamaicans and the Nemoidians were Chinese, right? I think yeah, it's not good. Oh, Wato was Jewish. Watto was the Jew. That's right. Wow, he pissed off everybody in the Phantom Menace.
0: I think he's saying that other races are all aliens.
1: Right. But he also goes out of his way to show that the Empire hates non-humans and they're bad. Right. But so he yeah. We're
0: we're so, uncovering some stuff here. This is making me think.
1: Yeah, The Phantom Menace is at once a dumb kids movie and an important study in race relations. Who knew?
0: I think we need to go polar opposite of The Phantom Menace then. We need to make this really wholesome. So obviously, no Wookiees jacking up. That shouldn't have to be said, but I'm saying it. No hard drugs.
1: No spice.
0: No one who is excessively drunk. I think that we can allow for one or two drunk uncles, but they need to be the right kind of drunk, the good kind of drunk, because Christmas drunk uncles are welcome. But Thanksgiving drunk uncles who are talking about race and politics while slamming Coors lights, that's where it gets risque. So keep it wholesome. You know,
1: I think we're a little ambitious here. And look, I know that you and I had written another 90 plus minutes on this.
0: Let's throw it out. It's gone. No one needs to listen to it. Christmas present to you, me, all of our listeners. Also a Hanukkah present. Also a Kwanzaa present. Not a Life Day present. Because that doesn't exist, and I hate it. 2020 has been a crappy year, but there have been some bright spots. I certainly watched a lot of movies through quarantine, and I thought that it would be fun to kind of do a quick rundown of the the best and worst of 2020.
1: Not just movies that came out in 2020, but just movies that we had time to slow down and watch, right?
0: Yeah, so I'll nominate the first one. And this one, I don't think I stopped laughing through the entire movie. It was Hubie Halloween. With Adam Sandler.
1: I loved that movie.
0: It was such a fan service type movie. He references, I think, every single movie he's done. It was awesome. It was classic Sandman.
1: You know, I thought everything with his mom. I mean, maybe the bar has been lowered or maybe my brain is deteriorating at this point because of what this year has been. But every time she wore a stupid t-shirt and then talked about it, I loved that. I honestly loved that.
0: I think that he went back to, you know what? My movies don't need to be all that deep. They need to be baseline funny, like Mm -hmm. very relatable. That's what Billy Madison was. That's what Happy Gilmore was. And this went back to basics. Rob Schneider was a force. Kevin James, as usual,
1: sucked. No one has ever said that sentence before. Rob Schneider was a force. You heard it here. He was a force. Congratulations. You just got us a new Twitter follower, and his name is Rob Schneider.
0: But we lost Kevin James, thankfully.
1: I can't put any time into Twitter. I don't know. I don't even know what to tweet that we would want to say. What is there to say on Twitter?
0: Listen to podcast.
1: Hashtag QAnon.
0: Yeah. I mean, Glenn just started hashtagging himself. So we had to take him off that. He's supposed to be our social media guy, but.
1: I wish he had told us that he was personally banned from all these platforms. Because when we handed him the keys, he got up to some shit. He blew it. And he changed the number on file. I don't even get the verifications anymore. So next movie that I think I really loved, and I didn't expect to love it because I don't like romantic comedies generally, but I thought Palm Springs was like a great B plus A minus movie. I thought it was just a really, really fun movie that had a really dark sense of humor, but a nice emotional core. And it just felt new. Have you not seen Groundhog Day? The concept of the movie
0: Is exactly Groundhog Day.
1: The same, but everything else was really different. And like the characters actually develop over the course of the movie and you learn about them and they change and they have important moments and they end in a different place. It was also just really funny. Andy Samberg getting hurt and whining about it is always funny. He got shot with an arrow and screams and he looks really upset. I love it.
0: Let's move on to another one. Eurovision was one of the funniest movies I've seen all year. Wow. It was just amazing. Will Farrell was a
1: force. I didn't know that he was capable of still making this type of movie, but when the government of Iceland hands you a bag of money and says you can bring your whole family here in vacation, maybe he found a little extra rocket sauce. It's not Anchorman or Talladega Nights or Old School where he's playing an ass with an accent and it's legendary, right? But it was a nice hour and a half and it was really funny.
0: I was impressed that a movie like this made me start to care and. actually. Actually, pay a little bit of attention to something that i had no clue was real and existed iceland iceland but also eurovision will ferrell is a massive fan go figure and i actually started watching some of the competitions watching some of the past recordings it's pretty cool i may actually watch it next time it comes around
1: Wow, ISIS should hire Will Ferrell to make a movie because we'd be into it.
0: We would have had a different election if Trump somehow got Will Ferrell on his payroll.
1: The big movie of the year was Borat 2. By and large, it was really good. Not as good as the first one, but...
0: Really disturbing. Not to get into political commentary, but I don't know how some of these elected officials and even then appointed officials have jobs, but it is what it is. We live in a country where people just don't care about pedophilia, I guess.
1: Yeah, that was not good, but I loved seeing this actor from Bulgaria come out of nowhere and just go toe-to-toe with Borat and, like, steal scenes, and the movie was her movie.
0: Definitely a great movie. I have one more. Knives Out. It was a great movie. It it was just fantastic. Filmed in Massachusetts. I have a special connection to Massachusetts. Can't tell you why. It was well-acted, great story. Every step along the way, I was totally in on this movie, and I didn't expect to be. Because murder mysteries don't usually get me, but this was, this was good. And I was really surprised because wasn't it directed by Ryan Johnson?
1: I think he basically did all of it. I think he like wrote a good chunk of it or all of it and he directed and produced, I think it was like him.
0: And not to get into it, but I hate Ryan Johnson. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him.
1: In our agreement, we are not allowed to go here. You know that, right? Like you're, you're at the precipice.
0: We will bail. All I will say is that if I ever see Ryan Johnson, I will punch him in his stupid face and then make Wookiee sounds over his body.
1: By the way, for listeners, what we're talking about is that it seems that there's a bottomless pit of arguments when Louis and I talk about The Last Jedi. And it's something that when we were going to make this podcast, we agreed not to talk about it. But we both know it's there. It comes down to when somebody is making something with so much love, because ryan johnson made knives out with so much love for movies like anything else when you watch someone who is really good at what they do having a ton of fun at what they do you cannot help but enjoy it
0: is that why we have so many listeners
1: yeah by the way our spotify wrapped it says that we were listened to in three countries i know look at us going global international superstars.
0: What about the worst move? One is Hamilton. Oh, shit. I mean, dude, come on. It's a musical. I am so tired of everyone pretending to like musicals. They're not good. It's in no way realistic. If someone came up to me and they were like, Louie, I need you to go wash the dishes. I would be really worried. (laughs) If you're trying to say something, just tell me.
1: I'm so relieved that that was your issue with it. And if you just don't like that genre, I will sign up for that right now. That's okay, you're allowed. So I haven't seen that movie. I did see the show, NBD, humble brag. It was really good, but as far as Lin-Manuel Miranda, I think In the Heights was a lot better. And wait till that movie comes out. Hamilton is but a prequel to In the Heights. Obviously,
0: his masterpiece is Moana. That is one of my probably top 10 favorite
1: movies. Wait, but did he really write the music to Moana? Yes. Oh, that's cool.
0: Yep. Best soundtrack of a Disney and or Pixar, I'm too lazy to check, movie.
1: Better than The Lion King? Yes. Ooh, man.
0: (laughs) The Rock has some pipes, baby.
1: Dude, but the line... Okay, all right. The worst movie I saw this year was called Downhill with Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. That movie was bullshit, and that's all I have to say.
0: Which is upsetting because two great screen presences. So it's a shame that this was just a turd.
1: We started with The Sandman. We're going to end with The Sandman. I have mixed feelings about this movie, but I ultimately think that Uncut Gems was one of the worst movies I've seen this year. Yes. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm saying I had a terrible time watching it. Does that make sense?
0: It does. I had the same experience experience i had no clue what was going on and i was just stressed out the whole time
1: it's like when you go to a museum of contemporary art and someone has just painted an entire canvas brown and you're like okay i'm looking at this i know exactly what it is i don't think i like this and everyone's telling me this is brilliant i don't want to spoil it but the ending is a slap in the face it's another case where you realize time is short and you need to make the most of your days on this earth
0: the uncut gem in this movie though was kg He was awesome
1: he was really good for sure
0: yeah love kg loved seeing him in a movie love seeing him in that weird commercial where he's drinking water
1: yeah we shouldn't have to work that hard to get kg in a movie
0: i know we kind of steered away from star wars but we're gonna steer right back into it we're gonna take a look at the mousy brunettes of star wars this week so Artie, you are now on the hot seat
1: that's awesome i can't wait
0: so let's dive in with prime leia
1: okay It's too bad that this is the first one because this is a no. You are high, sir. I never got the hype about Princess Leia. I was not into her. I don't know why. I
0: was betrothed to Kimberly (laughs) from Power Rangers, the Pink Ranger. Uh I was all in. But when I saw Slave Leia something happened
1: so you said kim the pink power ranger
0: yeah kimberly
1: right okay so i wasn't allowed to watch power rangers or anything violent when i was a kid so i'm gonna have to take your word for kim the power ranger she was hot now my concern is that i'm gonna look her up and it's gonna be like oh yeah she was actually like 14 so i'm not i'm just gonna
0: well i was five so even if she was 14 it was all above board
1: that's anakin padme basically that's been made acceptable by George Lucas. But now if I go look at the Pink Power Ranger, I'm not gonna be capable of making a judgment. Just gonna have to trust you and leave that in time. And Princess Leia is a no. What about Rey? To me, she's incredibly bland in the movies and she's fine, but I don't consider her to have a personality, which is important. Then when I watch interviews of her, she's so funny and so much funnier than I am that it's intimidating. Even though I I like her and I'd love to hang out with her, it's definitely like a no. I am so
0: upset with you right now. Let's go on to a yes. What about Padme?
1: Yeah, Natalie Portman is the goat, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Okay, good. What about Jin Urso? Yeah,
1: sure. I guess Jin Urso is a yes, but she was very clearly crazy. They capture her and they're like interviewing her and they're like, "You blew up a school bus." And she's like, "Yeah, I did. What about it?" But I'm
0: hearing a yes.
1: <laughs> yes, but definitely crazy.
0: How about an easy one? Kira from Solo.
1: That's a yes, and it's only because that's the only time I've seen Amelia Clark act well. All right. What about Rose? Fuck you.
0: Okay. Under the wire here, what about Ahsoka Tano, played by Rosario Dawson?
1: So that's tough because alien, but also like Rosario Dawson, clearly a beautiful human being.
0: No, she isn't. Okay. I don't get
1: it. People are like obsessed with her. She's not hot. I'm not saying she's hot. I'm saying there's like a fundamental principle of attractiveness based on like facial symmetry and things like that. But
0: it's called the hot seat, man. Is she hot?
1: Yeah, it's just going to be a no because there's too much. There's aliens and like, you know, she's like seven years old when she starts on the Star Wars show. So that's a no. Are you happy? I'm a little happy. Okay. So moving on from the hot seat, and that was a long one, by the way. You really put me through the ringer, and uh, I will not forget that. You know, I think that this is going to be our final episode of 2020, and I guess the final episode of season one. I didn't know we had seasons. I didn't either, but I guess we're going to. Makes us very official. It's almost like there's a plan or intention behind what we're doing, which would be giving us a lot of credit. So, you know, we're going to pick this back up first thing in 2021. I'm thinking it might be fun to try and take on the Oscars.
0: Take them right on. We're going to make the oscars are
1: so i guess we'll wait until they tell us what movies we should love and adore and then we'll watch maybe some of those i guess maybe we watch the oscars
0: honestly i haven't watched the oscars since probably sixth grade when you know obviously i couldn't drive myself anywhere and
1: was your house a giant television screen like could you not escape it was every room playing the oscars and you just had no choice
0: i think i had no choice i think i was coerced into it it's
1: like a family activity
0: yeah I remember it being terrible, and I remember it being a Hollywood circle jerk. I haven't watched one since, and quite frankly, I kind of judge people who watch the Oscars, and I really, really judge people who throw Oscar viewing parties.
1: Dude, we're making a movie podcast. (laughs) <laughs> These are the people that we want to listen, but I agree. They're terrible. Yeah, they're
0: horrible.
1: What I'll say is that you haven't watched this since sixth grade. What you're describing is all still present, plus an element of political correctness that I would love to see you experience. It's like they found the one thing that might possibly make this worse for you, and they just went all in on it.
0: I'm very intrigued here.
1: Anyways, thanks everybody for listening. It's been a a great year for podcasting and for us and for not much else. As always, continue to subscribe, share with your friends. That would be a nice Christmas present for us. Anchor.fm slash we've never seen it. Keep sending us voice messages. We enjoy them very much. And that's it for 2020.
0: Thank you all so much. Happy holidays. One last thing here before we wrap up, we have some great local vendors. Again, I know we have a lot of fun on this show, but we can't stress enough. These are friends of the pod. These are real local businesses that just do a great job. They take a lot of pride in their work. So we're going to be posting links to their Etsy pages, their Instagram pages. Check them out. Great gifts there and you're really going to-